Hey friends, this is Amy Grigg, and I want to welcome you to This One Thing I Know. Here, you will hear stories of authentic followers of Jesus in the messy middle of their life story. If this trial is what took my son to surrender to the Lord, then it's all worth it. I would not go back and rewrite that story. That's a very bold statement. They will tell of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Here's the thing. Just like the followers of Jesus that we read about in the Bible, we often have more questions than answers. How could you say that as a loving parent? Well, I'm looking at it from the spiritual lens of my son spiritually. The common theme throughout all of our stories is we may not know, but we trust. Looking at it eternally. Absolutely. And that's what we should as parents look at. Regardless of whether we're at the beginning, the end, or the messy middle of life, We, as followers of Jesus, have at least one thing He has shown us on our journey. This is a place of rest, of trust, and encouragement. As we declare, I may not know all of the answers, but this one thing I know. Today, I'm interviewing my sweet husband, Donnie Grigg. He's as authentic as it gets and one of my spiritual heroes. I suckered him into being my first interviewee and I'm glad I did. I hope you enjoy. Okay. You ready? No. <laughs> okay, yes, I'm ready. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Not that you had a choice in it at all. <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> so this is Valentine's week. So I want you to tell how we met. You get to tell that part of the story. Mm. Let's go back. Okay. Well, um, I actually worked with a female in college who knew you and uh, kept telling me that I needed to to meet you and mm-hmm. to go on a date with you. We were mutual friends. She was uh, telling me the same thing. Yes. And I've been set up on a blind date before and it didn't work out. So I said, thanks, but no thanks. Um, so she kept telling me over and over for months about who you were. Uh, meanwhile, uh, one evening at church, I noticed this female who I thought was very attractive and pretty that I wanted to talk to, but uh, she left church early that night, and so I didn't get to talk to her. Um, In short, the person that I kept hearing about over and over and over um, from my friend was actually you. And so when I first met you, I already knew a lot about you. Uh And I'm sure I had a good reason for leaving church early that day. Mm. I just yeah. had to slip out. But yeah. yeah, so she was telling us about each other and we saw each other at church and you came up and said, Are you Amy? <laughs> and you said, Are you Donnie? Yes. Yeah. And I said, Nice to meet you. Uh-huh. And then I walked away. Right. And then you came back up after church and said, you This is to- another day. This is not the day that I left early, but another day. Correct. And we got up to courage. <clears throat> Yeah, so after church, I I didn't listen to a thing of the message because I kept watching you during church. Creepy, I know. Uh, I got enough courage to come ask you to go out to eat. And so we went to Brahms. (laughs) Uh, And we were both so nervous that we both did not eat anything. We just got drinks. Dr. Pepper, that's what Mm. I had. That's Mm. right. And here we are, 21. It will celebrate 21 years of marriage this, this year, right? Yeah, why are you questioning that? No, because I can never remember numbers. I'm terrible, terrible with numbers. So anyway, 21 years of marriage. Mm -hmm. We have a lot that we could talk about. We have had a lot of living in those 21 years, Mm -hmm. a lot of ministry. Tell me about, tell us about our lives right now. What what does it look like? What do we do? What do you do for a living? What does our children, all of that? Well, I am currently the pastor of Vertical Community Church in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and uh, we moved here in August of 14 and to for the purpose of planning Vertical, and um, we've been, as of March, will be five years, um, five years strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really want to talk about that journey. Um, we have three children. Mm-hmm. Our oldest is in heaven with Jesus as of August of this past year. Um, and then we have a 13-year-old girl, Anna, and a 11-year-old boy, Christian. Um, and so, again, our journey is long and, and full of a lot of stuff. Um, I don't know that we're emotionally ready to talk about 
you know, the past 10 years as a whole. But I'd really yeah. like to narrow down on the, the past five years of um, planting vertical, what that is look like, our faith journey in that. Um, it is tied in with um, our oldest Titus's journey as well. Um, but uh, let's go back to 2014 mm-hmm. and what God just described to me like where you were at at the beginning of the year and kind of the label of that year that God gave you the name for that year. <clears throat> sure. Well, I have dealt with fear most of my life. Um, fear has crippled me. Fear has kept me from doing many things, even delaying going into the ministry. Um, beginning of 2014, the Lord very clearly said to me, this is the year we're going to deal with your fear issue. The uh, year of no fear. Mm-hmm, which right. was terrifying Yeah, to know that. Um Beginning of that year, uh, in February, I uh, went to Africa uh, right. on a mission trip. We're, we're um, in the middle of the bush for two weeks, right. uh, which was in itself uh, very scary in a lot of ways. Yeah, because uh, before that, you were, I mean, you, you have dealt with obsessive compulsive, I mean, like tendencies, I will say. I mean, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm throwing you under the bus, but like. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you, you kept pointing that out to me. I guess I did. Uh, we did. I mean, it was a fear thing, it right? Was, it was. It was. So to it, go from, you know, clean and sanitary America to. My world was upside down. Yeah. And to the middle of the bush, Africa. Yeah. Where you would have to eat. Describe eating there. Um, eating was they would bring a huge bowl of rice where you would just sit around with other people, um, of on your trip with you or the Africans and you would just use your right hand and scoop it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the germaphobe of me realized that I could scoop out four <laughs> handfuls of rice before I would start touching other people's, uh, Food. Germs. Germs. Uh, food. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. And so I lost a lot of weight in those two weeks. You did. Yep. You came home Valentine's Day of that year. Mm-hmm. And what had God started in you in Africa? Well, um, first of all, when you came home, I noticed that you dropped something on the floor and picked it up and ate it. And that was like crazy. You had never done that as long as I had ever known you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Africa changed me in a lot of ways. Um, Of course, you know, it really helped me with my OCD tendencies and Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm not so much of a germaphobe, but it helped me to realize that um, no matter where you are in life, uh, even overseas, um, God is with you. Mm -hmm. And so it it prepared me for that year to, to be able to take on bigger and different assignments that the Lord was calling me to. Okay. So what was next in that year or, you know, how was God shepherding your heart and what was, what was happening from February on of that year? Well, for two years, uh, I've been wrestling with starting a church. Um, I met with a, a pastor, church planner in Houston. I heard his story and it was horrific and so I left. He was on the verge of burnout, maybe, and uh, you had walked in at that time. Apparently, and you came um, home and said, "There's it was, no way. There's it no was, way." It was horrendous. Uh, and I came home going, "There's no way in the world I'm doing this." Yeah. Even though the Lord is telling me to do this, um, so I fought that. And then uh, when, when I came home from Africa, it was like just confirmation. It was very, very clear that it was time for us to to go mm. uh, and take that step of faith. Mm-hmm. So. You and I were at a conference in Austin, Texas, and we were there for like two days. Yeah. We left, and I truly felt like there was a love for that area that was not like a natural love. It was like a supernatural love for that region. And right. so I just started praying. We started praying about, Lord, are you calling us to Austin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both left there feeling very strongly that that might be where we were being called. But mm-hmm. for sure, we knew that it was church planting. Correct. So we just started pl- praying about what that looked like mm-hmm. and where that would be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really with no no direction except for what the Lord was speaking to your heart and my heart and mm-hmm. at that time. So let's go to like July of that year. 
in July. We okay. Had, we kind of had a, a focus of where we were going to go. Sure. We Well, we all of a sudden had Fayetteville in our mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we loved Austin so much because it reminded us so much of Fayetteville. Sure. Kind of the same feel. Um, Fayetteville's just a smaller version of that, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, I grew up here, and when we left in 2003, <clears throat> I always... I never had lost a love for this area, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't think we would ever be back. Um, yeah. Some opportunities were presenting itself throughout those years we were gone, but never felt like the Lord was telling us to come back. Right. Um, until 2014, when we came up here for in Fayetteville for a week, mm-hmm. we prayed about it, and like in that in that week period, the Lord just confirmed and confirmed and mm-hmm. confirmed that this is where we're supposed to be. For sure. So we went back to Texas and. We said, we're resigning and we're heading to Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very surreal um, experience to be packing up the house. And, Mm. um, you know, the kids' school had shut down. They were going to a small private school and it had shut down. It was like things were ending there. And, Mm. you know, uh, it was just time to move on. We love those people. We love that that place. They've been so good to us, especially in Titus's journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, still have good friendships there, but we knew that God was calling us here. Mm-hmm. So we come here in August. The kids and I moved up, um, I think, a week ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you come, we put our stuff in storage, and we start the kids in school and start living life here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, tell us what that was like, you know, transitioning up here for you. Well, let's be honest. Like you came up here, and I had to stay behind and pack up the house. Yeah, you know? let's, let's get that you out there. There was friends. No, I had, I had, a, I had a lot of friends help me pack up. <laughs> um, I had to uh, get the kids to school. That's why I came up early. I know. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was a that was a difficult time because we were taking a huge step of faith mm-hmm. because we weren't being truly um, sponsored by many churches. Mm -hmm. Um, We weren't coming up here with already having a lot of people that wanted to join us. We were, it was five of us in our family with really no support and no income. And Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was truly a God, I have to trust you in this. And um, yeah, that's, like, let's talk about that a little bit. What does that look like as a person? I mean, you are, you know, I mean, all of us as human beings love safety and that safety net that we mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. Um, what did it, how did it look for you to wrestle that out with the Lord? Like as, as the leader of our family, as you know, you're stepping out in this huge call of faith mm-hmm. um, without a whole lot of reassurance that it's going to happen. Um I, I don't know. Like, walk me through that. What did that look like with you and the Lord? Well, let me begin with saying it this way. Um, before we moved here, about a week or two before we left Texas, um, I clearly heard the Lord say to me, um, if you go, I will bless it. Mm. And so I I came here with really nothing except the Word of God saying, I will, I will take care of you. Mm. And um, as the husband and as a father, mm-hmm. um, I, I carried that weight of, I hope I'm not putting my family in a position of failure, For sure. um, of looking like complete fools mm-hmm. before our family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did wrestle with that back and forth, that faith versus fear versus um, all that. But yeah. um, what helped me to be more firm on that was what happened previously in the years prior to that. Mm. Um, many times the Lord throughout our ministry journey and life journey mm-hmm. um, has proven himself that whatever he said has truly come true. That's right. So you see it in God's word, yep. but you're like, okay, I see it here, but um, I don't want to experience it personally. Mm. And we did. And so yeah. I, it was like the faith muscle of looking back at my last several years um, of life mm-hmm. going <clears throat> time and time again, he's came through, he's, he came through, he right. came through. Right. So it was almost like I didn't, I didn't question as much. Right. I didn't doubt as much. It was like, I, I, 
you'd, you've always come through with that. So mm, I yes. trust you more. Yeah, absolutely. You had a pattern of his faithfulness to uh-huh. look back on. Correct. And see, and, and hearing his voice, right? And mm-hmm. so I feel like mm-hmm. since 2010, it's just been as our total reliance on the Lord and mm-hmm. having to hear, you know, kind of block out the world and hear his voice above all else. Mm-hmm. And so you'd kind of developed that. Yeah, that's a great point. A, a faith muscle it mm-hmm. is stronger and stronger. Um, so move up here in August, kids are in school, you know, you're working on setting up what that looks like, the church, you know, mm-hmm. all the 501c3, all, all of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of things that, you know, people don't know that go into uh, starting up a church. And um, so August, I mean, August and then September, things are rolling. We we go to um, what we thought was Titus's last check up at Texas Children's Hospital because mm-hmm. um, we'd had his treatment there for brain cancer and this was going to be our last time there because we'd moved to Arkansas. So we were, um, he and I went down there, mm-hmm. um, saw some friends and, you know, the nurses and doctors that had become friends and um, go into his scan, his MRI and the doctor meets with us and says, we see something. And this is the first time since 2010. Now it's 2014 uh, mm-hmm. that a scan had not come back clear. And, you know, I feel like in those first couple of days, we were really still very much holding on to, it's nothing. It's just a, you know, mm-hmm. just a bump in the road, not a big deal. Um, he had been in remission for this long time. And so we were, you know, kind of still for those first couple of days, I called you, you flew down immediately to Houston and, um, and met with us there. So it was me and you and Titus there. And, um, I remember filming him the day before the MRI and said, well, how do you want, or not the MRI, the, they were going to go in and do a biopsy. Um, mm-hmm. How do you want people to pray for you? And I was expecting him to list like there, that there's no cancer, all this kind of stuff. And he said, pray boldly. Mm-hmm. And that kind of became our mantra of, um, mm-hmm. you know, here he was, this 10 year old kid teaching us so much. So anyway, we had you and I and a lot of friends from Texas there in the room when the doctor came and gave us the, horrific news that the cancer was back um mm-hmm. and talk about our worst fear um it was the most devastating blow ever mm-hmm. and we'd never experienced something even even the initial cancer diagnosis with titus was um not this hard because they told mm-hmm. us once we treat it and it com- if it ever comes back that that's basically a death sentence mm-hmm here we were having stepped out on faith, put our stake in the ground. We're going, we're doing this, moved our stuff up there, moved our kids up to Arkansas. And in October came this blow that I did not think that we were going to recover from. Um, just talk to me about where you were in that, that time, that weekend specifically. Well, I have to feel like I have to go back to beginning of the year when the Lord, we're going to deal with this fear issue. And one of my biggest fears really at this time was his cancer coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you completely walk in obedience to the Lord and take a step of faith and resign from a great position, great church, and move here uh, on nothing and then get the blow of... Um, cancer being back, which mm-hmm. truly was, like you said, like a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I, I, I completely spiraled. Yeah. Um, I mean, the questions that mm, I think people had in scripture, the real men and women of faith mm-hmm. at, at times in our life begin to just like what you said versus what I experiencing don't match up. Right. Um, and like, like, like Moses, you said, go talk to Pharaoh, mm-hmm. and Pharaoh was saying no, and doesn't match up, and mm-hmm. then that really confuses you. Yeah, total. So and so we got in the car, came back to Arkansas. We drove back to Arkansas, mm-hmm. and we had to wait. I believe it was nine days for the actual pathology to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look back on our lives with all that we've gone through, those days were the deepest, darkest pit mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. of my life. And mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure of yours where we, it was. we questioned God. I mean, like we, you know, we, we asked him those hard things. We, we stepped out for you and this is how you repay us. And mm-hmm. this is what happens. And we were hurt. 
Oh my goodness. Completely devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would send the kids to school and we would just cry. <laughs> and um, I remember somebody knocking on the door to bring us bread or something and just being embarrassed at how devastated we looked. And, you know, I mean, we were just at the lowest of the low. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe, um, well, that's when I believe that God taught us some things that changed our trajectory in life at that place of, mm-hmm. of darkness. Um, and I'll share mine. Um, Second Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And I think that that was the first time that I could remember since my salvation, like having no faith. I mean, like I just didn't, I didn't know if I believed. I didn't know. I mean, even through the previous cancer journey and all that, where I felt God so near and afterwards and, and just felt him working at that point, it was like a, a darkness that I, I was just swallowed up in darkness. Um, and that verse came to me, I remembered, and I was thinking, okay, okay. He, he makes a place for us to, to have that crisis of faith in our life here, mm-hmm. that it's okay because if we are faithless, he will remain faithful. And so like, I just imagined this little ember in my soul and it was like the fire had all gone out, you know, this fire that had been so excited to come and and be a part of something, the fire had gone out and there was a little flame Mm -hmm. left and it was him, but it was the tiniest little thing. Um, That's just kind of a picture of where I felt like, like I was. Mm -hmm. How about you? Well, in February of that year, when I went over to Africa, um, when you are living in America and living in a certain culture and things are a certain way, when you're over there in Africa in the middle of the bush, everything is completely, completely different. And it, my world was turned upside down where things were, I was having a hard time trying to make process things because they were just so different. Mm-hmm. And that was like that darkness that we're talking about here in those nine days of everything was flipped upside down yeah, and nothing made sense and I couldn't comprehend um, why it seemed like we did come here on a complete step of faith right? and why are we being, um, how I was looking at it, why are we being um, um, why are we being treated like this? Yeah, punished. Uh, punished? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really felt like um, a complete fool mm-hmm. and really, really blaming God. Yeah. Uh, you know how it's easy to blame others. And yeah. at that point it was, it was complete blaming God and For sure. doubting everything. And so, um, yeah. um, to say it was a, a dark time doesn't do it justice. Right. It was complete darkness yeah. for, for about nine, 10 days. Yeah. So about, I think it was like maybe day eight or nine, uh, we, we decided we were going to pull up a, um, a message by mm-hmm. somebody that we love so much, um, Jim Cimbala mm-hmm. at the Brooklyn Tabernacle. And I, I clearly remember it, it starting the change in us. It was about um, Joshua mm-hmm. entering the promised land. And that's really all I remember about the message. Um, but it was like this call to our soul mm-hmm. of don't give up, even though the giants are big even though that's all you can see right now, don't give up is mm-hmm. basically what I got. And that was like the first little, you know, like a, a head turner, like, okay, I hear him mm-hmm. calling. Mm-hmm. And we both very felt very much convicted for immediately doubting every single thing that we'd heard. Mm-hmm. Um, not that that's not going to happen, but it was like the Lord was drawing us back to, okay, remember what I told you, remember, um, you know, this truth. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of awakened our souls, I feel like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second thing, which is, it just changed everything is, um, us looking at Acts 16, we just, during those nine days, we felt imprisoned, right? Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. fear, um, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. devastation, all these things. It was, it was a prison that we were in. And so we looked at Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas were in prison and what did they do? They worshiped mm-hmm. and they sang mm-hmm. and, um, and that thing, so this was day eight that night. We put the kids to bed. Remember what we did? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I do. It was, it was, it felt awkward at first. Super. Um, we got the computer out and mm-hmm. we just turned on, we just started pulling up worship songs yeah. and we just sat down yeah. side by side and we just started blaring out the worship songs. <laughs> Belting and, them out, even uh, though neither one of us can really carry a tune. No, but we, but we did. Yeah. We just sat there for a long period of time, just one song after another. Mm-hmm. We just kept kept worshiping yeah. and kept singing. Yeah, and I feel like it got stronger and stronger, and we believed it more with every song that we sang mm-hmm. and cried out to the Lord. And That's I think how we fought our battles. It is how we fought our battles. That's exactly right. And mm-hmm. that night, I think we slept without any Z-Quil mm-hmm. <laughs> that we'd been medicating ourselves with every other night, and we slept good. Mm-hmm. And the next morning is when we got the diagnosis um, that indeed mm-hmm. it was back. But it wasn't as horrific as we thought it could be um, at that time. And so I don't know what all that was. I don't know. I, I do believe it was an attack from the enemy to get a, get us to give up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've apologized to you so many times because I was begging you to also give up. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that. Yeah, it was too hard. It was too much. And I was like, this is crazy. And And I'm so thankful on this side of it that you didn't. Um, and they kept going, even though there was nothing to see except for darkness. And I'm so grateful on this side of it that that you didn't listen to me, and instead you listened to the Lord. Um, but um, yeah, so walking on in that, the last five years have been um, kind of. That, that's been the lens for us. Um, mm-hmm. Our story does not end well as far as, ti- well, <laughs> I say that, but then I think of the, the quote that Titus said, um, there's always a good ending with Jesus. And, yeah. and he's there with him. Um, and he ended well mm-hmm. and taught us so many lessons in life. Um, but he latched onto that as well worshiping in the darkest of times. Oh yeah. Um, but what's one thing that, you know, through all that we've been through. (laughs) Um, I would say that, um, the one thing that I know is, uh, an encounter with Jesus truly does change everything. Mm. Um, because it's in that encounter with him is what brings life from death. Mm. And in that, it brings um, his presence, uh, which brings his His word. Mm-hmm. And his word leads us. Um, and that's what I, the only thing I had was... Um, my faith in him um and i had my i had that to to stand on and i had his word Mm -hmm. to go and um and that's the only thing i really had to go to come here to do this Mm -hmm. to plant vertical with and um and just everything in life it goes back to that encounter with jesus absolutely changes everything it does and you look at how my son um his cancer and what that tried to do to him, it, it goes back to February 12th, 2012. Mm-hmm. He had an encounter with Jesus mm-hmm. and that completely changed everything. That's right. Uh, and he's in heaven today because of that encounter. Yeah. Um, and the way he, as you said, he ended his life well and he w- worshiped um, all goes back to that encounter with Jesus. Mm-hmm. That changed everything. Absolutely. So when he heard the news and we heard the news, uh, that it was pretty much over. Um, but he had tumors all over his brain. Uh, when you find my son spiraling for about two or three hours, and mm-hmm. then that night you find him sitting in front of the TV listen, listening to the song Oceans and ra- raising his hands and praising the God, praising the Lord. And the mm-hmm. same day he finds out that he has not, not much time left on earth. It, it goes back to... An encounter with Jesus changes everything. Mm-hmm. So you can hear the worst of worst news. You can experience the the blows of all blows. And 
you can still find yourself worshiping because of the encounter with Jesus. So good and so true. is one that does not um, I mean it hasn't ended with the bow that we we wanted I mean we sincerely asked God and prayed and sought after um, total healing here on earth is what we decided we mm-hmm. you know wanted to focus on um, in our prayers I mean of course I mean he's our child of course we want him here. I mean, and when you look back over the past 10 years, we've grieved a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, grief has been a, a very big part of our lives. Um, starting January 18th, 2010, we started grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, nothing like we're doing now. Um, and I just kind of want to talk about where, you know, and let people know where we are with having a prayer seemingly unanswered. Um, you know, of course, so many, so many, we wanted a miraculous healing of Titus here on this earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just kind of want to tell, or, you know, just kind of walk with it, walk it out and what, you know, kind of how we have wrestled that out and are still wrestling that out. It's not over. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever be over until we see Jesus. Um, but, you know, to pray for so long and want something so bad. Um, let's talk about, you know, last August when Titus, we, you know, we heard the news that Titus would be, um, I mean, the doctors really said, you know, he could go anytime. Um, we need to get him on hospice. And, um, you know, so we started kind of turning towards, okay. Even even if we're going to trust you, um, but that doesn't come easily. So, what does that look like for you? What does it look like for our family? Um, where are we at now? Um, in kind of the aftermath of all of that, mm-hmm. can you speak to that? Well, one of the things I wrestle with for many years in the Book of Acts is when James was arrested. And he was killed, and then Peter was arrested, and the church prayed. And the Lord sent an angel and delivered and rescued Peter from prison. Mm-hmm. I wrestle with, why didn't that happen for James mm. like it happened for Peter? Mm-hmm. And I wrestle with why his power couldn't deliver James. Mm. Um, and so I correlate that to... Um, I'm very grateful for those cancer survivors and mm-hmm. who make it. Yes. But sometimes I wonder why, why, why couldn't Titus be that one of those cancer survivors for sure. um, that overcame? Right. Um, and so um, I, I wrestle with that, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I really do. Um, um, when my father passed away in 2002, I really started wondering if God really had the power to heal people who mm. had cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really battled that for, for a few years. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so the Lord was very kind and gracious to me to, to wrestle with that and mm-hmm. through that. And mm-hmm. so um, over time, I, I got to the point where I know that God has the ability, mm-hmm. but he doesn't always choose to use it in that way. Mm. Um, so I come to the, baseline of um, the fact that Titus didn't make it. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. Mm. And I don't want, I will never explain, I'll never understand the reasoning to that. Right. But I have to just trust that God knows um, and understands the reasons why. Mm-hmm. Where I'm at today is uh, I'm not okay. Mm. Um but I understand that at times in our lives we're not. Mm-hmm. And um, I also know that it's not okay to stay there, right. as Pastor Matt Chandler says. But uh, but it's okay to not be okay at times. Yeah. Um, 
mean, I think I see people in Scripture so differently. I used to just see them as just these, they were just stories, but those are real life people. Yeah. And they and they experienced the good and the bad and the ugly. Mm. And they too lived in a broken world, mm-hmm. and like we do, and things don't always work out yeah. the way we expect. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, something that I think every human wrestles with. Mm-hmm. We have these expectations of something. For example, I had an expectation of Titus miraculously being healed. Mm-hmm. Um, desired it, prayed for it. We prayed boldly for it mm-hmm. uh, and uh, cried out to God many times for it. But uh, mm-hmm. understanding that God has the power. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, um, it was Titus' time to come home. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I have to, I have to trust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gave us many gifts, and his gift of faith was amazing. Mm-hmm. He longed for heaven, mm-hmm. longed to be with Jesus, and um, I think that has settled our hearts in a way that is 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 just a gift. It's a gift from the Lord. It's a gift from Titus. Mm-hmm. You know, to know that he is where he longed to be. He is, he suffered so much on this earth that. Um, he just welcomed heaven mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way. Um, there was a transition when he would speak of future things, mm-hmm. like when I would get married, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm going to go to college. And there was a transition that I remember when he stopped talking futuristic yeah. to talking, um, going home to heaven. Yeah, And um, I knew... I knew then that um, that was the, the the spirit really letting him know that his time is coming to an end. Yeah, and that's where my this one thing comes in um, that it's not over. Yeah, it's not over. Um, we have so much to live for, and a quote that I read recently said. Um, in regards to grieving your child, remember that when they're in heaven, when they know the Lord, remember that your future with your child is going to be greater than your past. Mm-hmm. And I was so blown away by that and so encouraged by that because that's just what the Lord has been whispering to me since the day we laid him to rest is that it's not over. Mm-hmm. It's not over. It's not over for him. It's not over for you that we are striving and yearning and longing for and and um, looking t- forward to eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, that gets me excited. Um, it brings me such peace. And it, it's a knowing that um, encourages me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, that while we're here on earth, we are working towards taking as many people and telling as many people we can about Jesus so they can have the hope that, that we don't grieve without hope. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful for that. And I, I want that for every single person that you don't have to grieve without hope. We are definitely grieving. Yeah, We are in the heavy, heavy parts of that. Um, and our children who are here are grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is with such hope that we do. Um so it's not over no no it's not a day is coming Mm -hmm. a day is coming yeah and that's exciting it is it is So we, Titus had a huge, um, not just Titus, our family had a huge support system, has a huge support system mm-hmm. um, in prayer, in <laughs> cleaning our house, doing our yard work. I mean, we have been abundantly blessed that mm-hmm. our community did it well. Like mm-hmm. there's, I think there's a lot of people that have to endure such things without such a great community. Mm-hmm. Um our community did it so well. Um, and when I say community, I'm talking church, friends, school, everybody just has surrounded us in such a great way and mm-hmm. and sincerely prayed 
for what we were praying for um, and longed for that and desired to see him healed this side of heaven um, when it hasn't happened the way that we want it to. How do we help? How do we, I mean, do we carry that burden for other people? Um, are we worried? I mean, sometimes I honestly have worried, you know, I don't, I don't want to hurt. <laughs> I don't want this to hurt what people think about God, you know, and I, I had to abandon that a long time ago. Like God, God can take care of himself. You know, I, I'm not responsible for what people think about him or how they perceive him. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, but also you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. We are a family who boldly proclaims the gospel and the love of God. Like that is what our heartbeat is, that God is love and love is why we are here. And in Titus passing away, I could see how people who have prayed for that, who have longed for that, who have said, we love him, we love them, we want God to come through. God, will you please come through? And he has answered in this way. Um, I could see how that would be a very difficult crisis of faith for people. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do we reconcile that? I know it's not our job to reconcile that for others. That's a faith journey of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have talked a little bit about that. And I think that maybe, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe it, go, it does go back to that faith muscle that God has been building in us, you know, all these years mm-hmm. that, um, and especially that time of darkness where God taught us, you know, those, those very important things. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you say to somebody? Because I've had, like, I'm just thinking of one little girl that, that texted me and was like, how, how can his dad get up and, and preach at his memorial service? And how can you have this trust in the Lord. And I I don't get it because it's not fair. Mm -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Many people have said over the past decade, um, what you're experiencing is horrific. I don't know how I would ever respond Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. And they try to dismiss the crisis that they're going through mm-hmm. that is nothing like compared to what you're going through. I heard that phrase over, over. and over and yeah. over. And my response back to them was, um, but your crisis don't diminish your crisis. Mm. Your crisis to you is something that you can't say is a, only a certain level compared to your certain level mm-hmm. because it's the same thing. It's a crisis yeah. that truly causes people to question. Yeah. And, um, you know, you look at Scripture and it says, um, it doesn't say if you go through trials. It mm-hmm. says when you go through trials. Right. So um, we all will go through different experiences, um, not see expectations met. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us, just like people in Scripture, mm-hmm. they had to wrestle out their faith. Yeah. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Do you not think he had to wrestle with his faith at times? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Sure. Look, at the, sure. look at the book of Psalm. Yeah. Um, and so, um, as a pastor, I think sometimes um, we have to... I feel like the dangers of those of us in ministry, we perceive that we have it all together Mm. and we don't want to ever expose um, any weakness or any lack of faith Mm. because it feels like that will do damage to the church. And I feel like that's a complete lie from Satan. I believe in the complete opposite. Um, I believe that when someone in my position um, can authentically say before a congregation, um at this moment I'm not okay. Yeah. Um and therefore I need your prayers mm-hmm. more today than I never have. Right. Um and being being not someone that is superior to your congregation. Right. But being someone like I I, I wrestle just yeah. like you wrestle. Yeah. And really say I'm I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. And the way that I get okay is by leaning heavily into Jesus.
there have been so many times where we have taken those hard things to God and, mm-hmm. and cried out and screamed out and shouted and, you know, mm-hmm. all the things that you see Job do and David do, you know, instead of running from him and like, I don't know, building up the walls, it's like instead turning to him and God, where are you? Mm-hmm. Where were you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, in wrestling, that's a good, it's a good way of saying it, wrestling it out with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he welcomes that, mm-hmm. you know, I know that you have found that to be true and, and me too. And I know that Titus did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you see in scripture where someone asks the Lord questions and he like berates you. Mm-hmm. Now, I do know that Job had several questions and the Lord asked Job questions back. Right. Uh, but I don't see anywhere in scripture where someone says, Lord, I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. And the Lord gets really angry no. and like berates them. No. Um, Cause he's a good, good father. He is. And I think about, I mean, that was, <laughs> I think about Titus in his last few weeks, that was his song, right? Mm-hmm. That he wanted saying all the time. Yeah. For me, like, you know, you're kind of asking the question, how can I get up? And, and and preach mm-hmm. about the goodness of God. Right. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I think that just goes back to my relationship with Him mm-hmm. that has has wrestled so much, mm-hmm. and I've seen so many times uh, the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many times the Lord be my provider. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Lord come through and be my protector here, right. and be my and fight for me here in this situation. Yeah. And so when I when I go back to, yeah, what I see with my eyes is horrific, and the loss of my son is just it's just it's damaging to me. Um, but when I go back and have my time with the Lord and my encounter with Him again, is um, I go back to. Um, He is good, mm-hmm. and um, and it takes me back to the promises that I know that are true. Mm-hmm. And I go back to this time you came through, this time you came right. through, this time you came through. And you know there are different names of God, um, provider, mm-hmm. protector, and just on and on. Mm-hmm. And you're able to say, okay, Lord, here you're that, here you're that, here you're that. Yeah. And I transition my my lens from seeing it from a negative viewpoint to. Lord, um, you are good, yeah, and you are this and you are that, and um, it helps me to kind of get back up on my feet mm-hmm. and get back up on and stand before others and say, in a one-on-one conversation across the table at a coffee shop mm-hmm. or even on a platform, you know, from a congregation, mm-hmm. um, to not fake it, right? To say, I wrestle with this, yeah, but this is where I land, yeah. We trust. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that. Mm-hmm. He's built up in us a history and a character of trust, right? Correct, it's correct. like a friend, mm-hmm. not like a friend. He is our friend who has been so reliable over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And the one time that it seems like he's not coming through, we have to know that there's a good reason. Mm-hmm. We can trust him. Yep. And he's been so faithful to show us that. I think all that you just said goes back to what your point is in the one thing that you know is that an encounter with him changes everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we asked God to heal Titus and then we were totally, (laughs) you know, blown away when he got saved at age eight Mm -hmm. and truly saw that the Holy Spirit had was changing him Mm -hmm. and changed him. Mm-hmm. And then that last year of his life, we're like, he has healed him. Mm-hmm. He has, he's, he healed him February 12th, 2012. Mm-hmm. Titus was healed mm-hmm. for all eternity. And um, no matter what happens, happened to his body, um, nothing can change what God did in his soul mm-hmm. in that ultimate healing, which is what every, um, what, what is ultimately what we want for all of our children mm-hmm. and so many more to be healed spiritually. So. Yeah. Cause back in 2010, like three weeks after he found out he had a tumor, um, the Lord huh, walking in a hallway at Texas children's hospital 
<laughs> in a hallway that normally is very, very crowded with people was empty for some reason one day. And I was walking down this hall and heading back to Titus's room and he just had a biopsy on his spinal cord to see mm-hmm. there's cancer there. And I knew it was going to be bad news. Mm-hmm. I was bracing myself and the Lord said, do you trust me? And I was like, yes, Lord. And the second time I heard it, it was like more firm. Mm-hmm. No, do you trust me? And I said, yes, Lord. I'm walking down the hallway going out loud. Yes, Lord, I trust mm-hmm. you. And then he said, I, I will heal him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I rested in those words for a yeah. long time. Yeah. And then when he relapsed mm-hmm. and eventually was told he's not going to make it, confused me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one day like a light bulb went off when the Lord was like, I, I did heal mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. on February 12th, right. uh, 2012. And so therefore I know that he's in heaven today. Yeah completely healed right. and so the lord did come through with what he mm-hmm. said he would do mm-hmm. i just interpreted it that it was like healing here on this earth sure. but he was looking at it from i healed him spiritually mm-hmm. and that's the most important healing ever absolutely it's truly what we it's truly our heart's desire absolutely and if that if it if this trial is what took my son to surrender to the Lord, mm-hmm. then it's all worth it. Mm. I would not go back and rewrite that story. That's a very bold statement. Yeah, and some parents probably go, "That's that's uh, <laughs> how could you say that as a mm-hmm. loving parent?" Well, I'm looking at it from the spiritual lenses of my son spiritually. Yeah. Um, looking at it eternally. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what we should, as parents, look at. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening today. I hope that even though it was heavy, you leave encouraged and wanting to hear more next time as people tell stories and what they've learned about God along the way. If you'd like to know more about the Grigg family or other ministries of Vertical Community Church, visit verticalnwa.org.